you would look with me in your Bible to the book of Luke, chapter 19. As you're turning, I'll mention that my brother, Tommy over here, his wife, Jeannie, my nephew, Robert, have come, and we're glad that you're here with us this afternoon. It's good, to, as I said this morning, to have family in, a, in attendance. Joel and Lori, thank you for coming. Glad you're here. Luke chapter 19, I want to bring this final message here as the pastor, again, just simply preaching Jesus. I don't know of any better subject than Jesus. We'll look at Jesus this afternoon as both the seeker and the savior of sinners. Luke chapter 19, and I'll begin in verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. I'm going to pause here just a moment. I've pointed this out on many different occasions. In verse 1, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. A lot of people in Jericho, pretty good-sized city. Modern-day evangelists would have stopped and preached there. But Jesus was on a seeking and saving mission. So he just entered and passed through Jericho. And the scripture tells us in verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, the place, the place where one sinner was, Jesus came to the place. In that place, it says, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus. He was on a seeking and a saving mission. He came through Jericho. He came to this place. And there was this short man up a sycamore tree, and Jesus knew him by name. He called him by name, gave instructions to him, and said, Make haste and come down. If you look at verse 6, it says, He made haste and came down. Jesus said, For or because today I must abide at thy house. Now look on down to verse 9. It says the words of Jesus, This day is salvation come to this house. Seeking and saving. If you look at verse 10, you get to the heart of my message. 
For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. I'll begin by just simply stating I believe in the divine trinity. I do not simply believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Each equal in the Godhead, each with the same divine purpose and intent. The deity of the Lord Jesus Christ is a a precious doctrine in the Word of God. His humanity is certainly precious, but we should never minimize that. But if it was not for his deity as well as his humanity, he would be just another man. But he is the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is that hypostatic union between deity and and human nature that you find in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The divine nature and the human nature never mesh together, become one. They both remain distinct. But he is God in the flesh. We're told in the scripture, he is Emmanuel, God with us. Consider this account recorded in Luke chapter 19. Emmanuel, God with us, entered and passed through Jericho, came to the sycamore tree. Emmanuel, God with us, called the name of Zacchaeus. Emmanuel, God with us, gave the command, make haste and come down. Zacchaeus, as I mentioned, made haste and come down. Emmanuel, God with us. I don't know what's happened in other parts of the universe. I have no idea what all's going on there. I know men make a big to-do about a man landing on the moon or seeking now to put a man on Mars. All of that is nothing in comparison to what happened on this planet. When God, Emmanuel, came to this earth and dwelt among us. What an amazing thing it is. There's no way really to rightly understand Luke chapter 19 and in verse 10, without understanding the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10 says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. This is not just simply a man and a human being on this mission to seek and to save that which is lost, this is Jesus, the eternal Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. 
And that makes all the difference in the world. Anyone who claims to be God and is not able to accomplish what they came to do is no God at all. God will always accomplish His purpose. It is very inconsistent with the very concept of God to believe that God purposed to do a thing but did not do it or could not do it. What kind of a God is that? What kind of a God is that? Hold your place in Luke chapter 19. I'm going to turn back to the book of Job, one of my favorite Bible verses, and I have many. Job chapter 23. The church here has heard me read this many times over the years. But it just perfectly describes God. Not a God that can be defeated. Not a God that purposed to do a thing and is not allowed to do it. Not a God that, that has a desire or an intent to do something, but somehow just can never get it accomplished. That's no God at all. I read about my God in Job chapter 23 and in verse 13. But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. That is a wonderful statement concerning God. Whatever his soul desires, that is exactly what he does. And then while you're in the Old Testament, I'll go to another uh, passage in Isaiah chapter 42. In Isaiah and in chapter 42, and this relates to God, even Emmanuel, God with us, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I read this morning verse 1 of Isaiah 42, and it is about the Lord Jesus Christ. But I look down to verse 4, and I notice this about him. For it says, He shall not fail nor be discouraged. If you have a God that can fail, you have no God. If you have one that can even be discouraged, you have no real God. The Lord Jesus Christ, we're told in Scripture, shall not fail. Keep that in mind. He shall not fail nor be discouraged. As I look back to Luke chapter 19 and in verse 10, the scripture says, For the Son of Man is come. Why is he come? To seek and to save that which was lost. Keep in mind, he shall not fail, nor even be discouraged. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Keep in mind the faithful saying 
of the Apostle Paul. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He came on a saving mission. We're told here in verse 10, He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to save the lost and to seek them out. Have you ever just pondered upon the word lost? What it really means? What does it mean to be lost? Well, the biblical definition has to do with perishing or destruction. Those that are lost. Look with me to 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. In the book of 1 Corinthians, and in chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and in verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Notice that word perish. In the original, it's in the present tense, and it simply would be, the preaching of the cross is to them that are perishing, they're lost. They're lost. Unto them it's foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. I'll state very clearly, if you're lost, you are in the process of perishing. You're on the way to eternal destruction. Perishing Lost. In 2 Corinthians and in chapter 2, 2 Corinthians in chapter 2, here I'll read verse 15. For we are under God, a sweet savor of Christ, in them that are saved and in them that perish. They're lost. They're lost. One more place, 2 Thessalonians and in chapter 2. In 2 Thessalonians and in chapter 2, and here I'll read verse 10, where it says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. That perish. They're lost. Because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. In our text, in Luke chapter 19 and in verse 10, those whom Jesus Christ came to seek and to save were on their way to destruction. We could put it just very plainly, they're on their way to hell. Their only hope it's for someone, a divine someone, to seek them out and save them. It's the only hope that they have. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus' is coming into the world had nothing at all to do with good people. His coming had nothing to do with righteous people. His coming into the world 
had to do with lost sinners. That's who he came to seek and to save. The shepherd does not seek those sheep that have not gone astray. The physician does not go to those who are not sick. The shepherd seeks and saves that which is lost. It's not the righteous who need to be called to repentance. It's lost sinners. Lost sinners need to be brought in. The word lost in our text, it has just a terrible ring in the ear to those that are saved. Lost. Lost. They are helplessly lost. They are hopelessly lost. And without the intervention of God, they will be eternally lost. And I hope you realize there are no degrees in being lost. You cannot be more lost than just simply lost. You cannot be less lost than simply being lost. You're just lost. Lost. But that's the very ones Jesus Christ came into the world to seek and to save. Lost sinners. The Son of God came into this world for such unworthy beings as a lost sinner. And he came even as he did to Zacchaeus to seek him out and save him. And he shall not fail nor be discouraged on his mission to seek and to save. Those that are lost have two basic needs. They have a great need for someone to come find them. They're lost. They need someone to come and find them, but they do not need that individual to stop there. They need someone to come find them and to save them. If you just find the lost person and they're not saved, they're no better off than when you found them. Jesus came to seek and to save. Keep that in mind. To seek and to save. There are many today in religion who seem to have the idea he just came to seek them out and then just leave it to them what happens next. But look at what the scripture says about Jesus. He does not seek out lost sinners and then when he finds them, just leave them as they were. His own words in Luke chapter 19 and in verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to both seek and to save that which is lost. A biblical fact. I hope you know it. The lost do not seek Jesus. Jesus seeks the lost. I want to read this to you. I hope you know it and understand it. Romans chapter 3 and in verse 11. Romans 3 and in verse 11. The latter part of that verse says there is none 
that seeketh after God. Sometimes I hear people say, well, there's people out in the world and they're seeking God. A lost sinner is not seeking God. He's dead in trespasses and in sin. The scripture says there is none. That means nobody. There's not even one. There's none that seeketh after God. Jesus is the seeker and the Savior. There is none that seeketh after God. I'll say again, Jesus did not come simply to seek. He came to seek and to save. I want to go from here to Luke chapter 15. Luke in chapter 15, verse 1 through verse 6. Jesus speaks a parable that coincides with Luke chapter 19 and in verse 10. And he tells us in this parable about a shepherd who has a lost sheep. And he tells us what he does. And I want you to notice it very carefully. Luke chapter 15 and in verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulder rejoicing. I'll mention four things here. The shepherd goes after that which was lost. Notice it says in the latter part of verse 4, until he find it. You think he ever gives up? You think he ever stops seeking? You think he can fail or be discouraged? He seeks after that lost sheep until he finds it. But what happens when he finds it? Does he just give that lost sheep directions how to be saved, how to get out of that lost condition? Does he just pray for him and say, I hope it all works out for you? No, that's not what it says. Verse 5 says, And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulder rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. One of his sheep was perishing. You know, sometimes we sing that hymn, Rescue the Perishing. You know, I can't do that, and you can't either. Jesus can only, is the only one who can rescue the perishing, rescue those that are lost. 
He came on a mission to seek and to save those that are perishing, those that are, are lost. And I'll mention again, finding this lost sheep is not sufficient to be of any help at all to that lost sheep if the shepherd did not gather that sheep up, lay it on his shoulder, and bring it home. That's what our Savior does. That's what our Savior does. He seeks out the lost. You know, everyone that Jesus has ever saved was first lost, helplessly lost, hopelessly lost, till the shepherd found them. He sought them until he did find them. And when he finds them, he picks them up and he brings them home. I mention again, he cannot fail nor even be discouraged. There's never been one of those sheep that would say, I don't want to go with you. They all are so willing to be saved and brought home. The mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text in Luke chapter 19 gives us that twofold mission of Jesus coming into the world. While he was here, he did many great things. There was two things always on his mind. Even as he sought out the place where Zacchaeus was, he knew which tree he was in. He knew his name before he got there, and he came to that place. And that's when he stopped and looked up, not till he got there. And he found him. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus will never seek a lost sinner without finding them without finding them, and then bringing them home, saving them. I'm going to close here. Sometimes we sing a hymn that has the words, uh, just hallelujah, what a Savior. What a Savior we have. Cannot fail, cannot be discouraged, cannot be defeated, whatever his soul desires, that's exactly what he does. Did you know the words hallelujah actually mean praise Jehovah? That's what the word means, praise Jehovah for such a Savior.